How do I create and maintain connection? Welcome to the Real Talk Recovery Podcast with the Therapy Brothers. We're brothers, we're therapists, and we know recovery. Bring your stories, your questions, your successes with Real Recovery. Tyler here, I'll shooting alone today. Brandon actually got a pretty cool opportunity. He was invited last minute to go to a conference in Denver on plant-based medicine. So I'm sure that he'll be coming back even more excited than he normally is with wanting to talk about plant-based medicine. And we're actually going to probably have our current guest today on to talk about plant-based medicine a little bit later when Brandon's back and we can get a, an episode put together that way. So I am alone today. I'm excited to cover for Brandon. He's covered for me a couple of times as I've been on vacation the last couple of weeks. So for those of you guys who like Brandon's perspective, my apologies. For those of you guys who like my perspective, you get more of it today. So that's what, that's what we're doing today. I wanted to just mention a couple of things. We talked about it a couple of episodes ago, but we now have the Rising Sun Retreat webpage live. We've already sold out half of the tickets which has been a lot faster than the last one. So I know that this one's going to sell out. If you're interested, risingsun.org and sun is spelled S-O-N. Go check it out. There's plenty of videos, testimonials. It'll kind of explain what you're getting yourself into a little bit. But if you're, if you're a man who's sort of in the process of wanting to take your recovery to a deeper level emotionally, to kind of sink it into your heart a little bit more than just being in your head, this is the kind of event that's designed to do that for you. So give it a look, risingsun.org. That would be a great thing to check out. Second thing is coming on the podcast, we get some questions that are submitted to us regularly. We don't often get to the written questions, although we try to. <clears throat> but if you have a question that you'd like to bring up with Brandon and I, you can go to realtalkrecovery.com. There's a button that just says, ask a question. And then after you hit that button, it'll send you to either a written question or you can sign up to come on and be a guest on the show. If you're interested in coming on the show and sharing your story and sharing your question and, and getting that feedback that Brandon and I can give, then that's the way to do that. And we'd love to have you come on as a guest. So, all right. So I'm really excited about our guest today because our guest has been a guest on the podcast before. He's also attended the Rising Sun Retreat and um, he's just an awesome guy with a with a good story. So, Ben, welcome back, man. Thanks, Tyler. I, I appreciate it. I have um, this is something I've actually been considering for a few months, um, and it's just kind of worked out with my schedule and and kind of timing with the flow of life and where I was at to reconnect with uh, with you. And as you mentioned, hopefully we connect with with Brandon talking about some other things um, in the plant medicine world. Awesome, man. Yeah, well, I'm glad you're here today. You were scheduled originally to come on and talk with Brandon. Then, of course, Brandon took off at short notice. But we have plenty of things to talk about because, as you were telling me before we came on, that there's in recovery, there's all sorts of threads that start to sprout out as you work recovery that we could go a lot of different directions today. So, why don't you, Ben, just kind of introduce? Maybe share a little bit of your backstory and then introduce your your question and topic for today, and then we'll get into it a little bit. Thanks. Um, so like 
many of the guests on uh, on the program here, um, I have a sex addiction, and um, you know, it, there were a lot of things that that led into that, and um, I've been uh, in pretty solid recovery for um, a little over two years now, and I owe a lot of that to um, to a change of heart, uh, like we talked about uh, on. Um, on my last podcast uh, with y'all, and then also to a lot of <clears throat> a lot of work. Um, and and the biggest thing I would have to say, and, and this is why I wanted to come on and, and talk with you, is is about connection. And uh, connection is the is one of the big things that has helped me to feel feel more recovery than than I've ever felt before. Um, I've spent a lot of times in my life thinking, okay, you know, this is the, this is the last time I'm going to use this is the last time I'm going to act out and really being connected with, with people has been one of the biggest things that that's helped me. And last fall, I had the opportunity to go to the rising sun conference and met with, uh, it was probably like 40 some odd of some of the best people um, I've ever come in contact with. And and many of us have stayed in contact and we initially set up through group me and, and now we're on Marco Polo. And it's, it's such a beautiful thing in my life, um, being able to connect with these men and then staying connected with them. And we often comment on there that in, in our lives, we haven't had the friendships in, that we have with that with that group, um, that rising suns group that, that we have. And, and so in, as I look back on my life, I have a lot of good friendships and great relationships that, that I've had that I haven't been able to stay connected with. And, um, in part that's was, um, because of technology, technology or lack thereof was, um, was a neat excuse you know, oh, I, I don't want to write a letter or, you know, they'll, they'll be too busy for a phone call, whatever you want to, uh, whatever excuse I, I used at the time. And so, um, and that's why I wanted to talk with, because I don't want to lose the the connections that I've, that I've made. And I want to be able to, to create more connections. Awesome, man. Yeah. So, so you've been in recovery for quite a while now, and I'm just wondering I've got a few thoughts on how to build and establish the right kinds of connections, but you also have examples of both where you've been in recovery long enough and you probably had it like shoved down your throat a thousand times. You got to find a team. You got to build a team. You got to build a team, you know, and you mm -hmm. probably have been to a lot of different places where you might've tried to establish the team and some places and some ways of approaching it have probably been really fruitful for you and other ways and places probably haven't. And I guess I'm wondering from your perspective with the things that you've experienced, what's the difference between the right kinds of connections and the connections that, that don't end up producing a lot of fruit? I, I, I think the, the biggest difference for me has been the attitude that I take going into it. Okay. If I, if I'm trying to connect with someone because I'm trying to use them to fulfill something that connection usually has, has faded. Uh, if I'm in trying to connect with someone because I have a genuine interest in them and I want to connect with them beyond necessarily the, the immediacy of the help that I need, then those connections have, have been able to, to maintain. And it's uh, in my addiction, one of the things that, 
that I did was I didn't really see people for the depth that they had. I saw them for what they had in front of me and often um, for what I could use them for or what they could do for me. And beyond that, I I didn't, I, I didn't see much um, beyond that. And by being able to strive to look beyond that initial surface has been able to help with stronger connections. That's awesome. You're talking, there's a couple of words I want to insert to, into what you were saying there, mm-hmm. Ben, because, because I think you're actually painting the picture really, really well. If we look at, let's say sex addiction and the way that you're trying to climb out of recovery, one of the, one of the kind of co-occurring things, markings of a sex addiction is, is that I begin to see people as objects. And what we mean by that is they're no longer, we take the humanity out of them and we look at them as something that we can use or consume, right? So in essence, what I hear you saying is, is that I was looking at my relationships, not just like other women, but all relationships were now being seen from a lens of what I could consume, Mm -hmm. what I could, what I could harvest out of the relationship rather than what I might be able to come and actually wholeheartedly engage in and offer in a Mm -hmm. reciprocal kind of a way. And as you've grown in your recovery, it sounds like you've started to really value the reciprocal part of a relationship rather than just the consumer part of the relationship. That is, that is absolutely true. I, when I think back some of my um, early attempts at connecting with, with people, they, they fizzled out because, I, because I, I was still trying to consume those people. And um, I think of one person in particular that I was like, okay, I need... I need to have like non-addict friends and I, I tried to connect with the, with this person. And when we were together, you know, things got along really well. Um, however, I was, I was trying, to, I, I kind of look at it as I was trying to, to use that relationship to feel more normal. And, um, and I, I've subsequently learned um, that addicts in recovery are some of the coolest people and like we're pretty abnormal. And it's a cool abnormal. Explain the explain the coolness. Explain the <laughs> abnormality and why it's cool, Ben. Okay, sure. Uh, so abnormal in in the it, it's okay for us to talk about our feelings. It's okay for us to to be real with with one another, and you know it, it's okay for us sometimes to to show up poorly, and that doesn't change the the relationship. The the connection. So how I see other people um, is, you know, I, I think of, um, and I'm, I'm probably going to mess this up, but I, I think of the more the, the Buddhist way of looking at how people are interacting. Um, you know, uh, uh, an example that I, that I heard was if someone threw a rock at my head, instead of getting all angry with that person, it's questioning, okay, well, why did they do that? what's going on in their life, what's, what's that? And, and having that attitude um, towards other people has helped me to connect on, on a variety of different levels. Um, you know, I, in my addiction, it wasn't, I wasn't connecting with people. I was kind of in the vicinity of people. And, and now um, I, I connect with people and I try to, one of the things that, I, that I've, a habit that I've picked up um, particularly lately is when, when I'm meeting someone new, I, I try to find something about them that's unique 
and that I feel that they feel is important to them. And I compliment them on it. And I ask questions about it. And I show an interest in, in them. And I, I do it in part because it helps me to feel good. I, I feel good inside when I'm connected to people and showing them that they have value. And it's what's really interesting about that too, Ben, is when you start to recognize that. So I think I think your example is really good because you go from this place of harvesting and consuming to a place of going, oh, if I if I just start to connect to the humanity with somebody else, and now you're going even further and saying, if I invest myself into their life, what's really cool about that is if it's genuine. Now, this is the trick is if it's genuine, it's the most likely thing to pay off with the thing I wanted all along, which was the connection. Right. right? So when you go and you actually find somebody, some unique thing about them, notice it, acknowledge it, compliment it. What it does to the relationship is it's like, it's like you're putting in an investment that now is going to pay back because the other person's going like, Oh, here's a safe person. Here's someone who cares about me. Here's some place I want to invest my time and energy back into. And then mm -hmm. it becomes this like, really synergistic sort of like experience to have, you know, I'm, I just, my, my wife, um, she's doing her graduate work right now to become a therapist herself. And she actually just started some internship work with us. And she, she's a co-therapist in a couple of my groups now. And just last week, she's in one of my men's groups just last week, right towards the end of the group. She said, she said, you guys, I got to tell you how grateful I am that I get to be a witness to what's happening in this room right now, because I've never seen a group of men who can speak as openly and freely about their emotions and their vulnerabilities with one another, and who can demonstrate these feelings of love and appreciation while still being accountable to each other. Like I've never witnessed this before in my life. And and you're pointing that out, Ben, that when you start to cultivate those kinds of relationships, it really does, it really does make a massive difference. It, it does. And, um, and one of the things that, that I have to caution myself with is that I still don't, is, is to not move into consuming because I can still see how if... <clears throat> If I cultivate some relationships, then they can still be consuming relationships. And one of the one of the tools that that I found very helpful in recovery is letting it go. Making when I make a connection, if I you know try to to make a connection with someone and it doesn't work out, I can let it go. It doesn't have any reflection on on who I am as a person. I'm still the same person that I was before that interaction as I am after that interaction. And it's, you know, uh, whatever, whatever label you want to put on it, uh, turning it over to your higher power, letting it go, um, moving on. Um, you know, I, I, I feel that a key to connection with other people is being connected with myself. And that's not something I've had before. Yeah, that's a, that's a whole other level of connection, right? We talk about wrestle yeah. connection with higher power, connection with others, and then also the connection of self, heart, and mind as a wholehearted way of living and recovery. Mm -hmm. And the more that you do that individual work, which a, a different way of saying what I think you said is the more self-assured I become in knowing who I am, the less I take personal 
what other people may or may not do to reject me or accept me. And the mm -hmm. less I take personal, the more I can offer myself to the relationships that are matter and going to be good for me. And the, and the less I take personal and can let go of the ones that aren't going to, aren't going to produce either direction for either one of us, the things that we're looking for. And, right. and it's less shame-based. There's, there's mm -hmm. nothing personal in it. It's like, yeah, that was, that's not a good fit rather than, uh Oh, that means I'm not good enough or, Oh, kind of confirmation that I'm still X, Y, Z name your label. Right. Right. Yeah. And you know, we, we do that as, as addicts, um, at least I, I did as an addict, all the different labels and, and the things that, that I had coming up in, into my mind. Um, you know, <clears throat> a, a phrase that, that I often told myself uh, when I didn't necessarily want to act out, but I did was, well, I'm an addict. That's what addicts do. And so, you know, I kind of gave myself that excuse. And, and really what it was doing was it was disconnecting from myself because I, you know, in, in those times, I didn't want to necessarily engage in those behaviors. And I didn't want to connect with myself to figure out the, the underlying reason for why I wanted to do it. What was I looking for? What emotion, what feeling, what experience was it really that I, that I was trying to either mimic or that I was trying to run away from. And by connecting with, with myself um, and understanding better those things, then I, I can be more self-confident. I can be more authentic. And as, as I look at the different people that I've admired in my life, the people that I've admired most over, over the years have been the people that have been most authentic. Yeah. They're the ones that you want to be around the most too. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, you just, you just identified a couple of principles here that are important to speak is as you've been kind of working your journey and you're getting better at this and it sounds like you're still wrestling with it and you're mm -hmm. trying to catch yourself and going, Hey, I, I don't want to be the guy who consumes only. I want to be the guy who does both like has re some reciprocity here. Um, you identified two things just in your last statement. One is I'm becoming more and more in tune and aware, mindful of those things. And then also that allows me to now take accountability for having to be working and building and putting myself in the arena of building relationships rather than using that old kind of form of denial. Of, oh, I'm just an addict. That's just the way I am. Right. Like there's no accountability in that statement. Whereas in the second right. statement, oh, there's mindfulness. And there's accountability and that accountability allows for, for you to step back into the work and the practice of trying to build those right kinds of relationships. Mm -hmm. So, right. And I agree 100%. And that's, you know, um, holding myself accountable to how I show up in, in a relationship is, is a strong factor in being healthy in relationships. Yeah. Um, I like I like where the discussion is going here, Ben, because I, I want to maybe just speak this a little bit for some of our other listeners who are listening, because I imagine they're still looking at it from the, a lens that's a little different than the one we're talking about. So the typical kind of a lens, and this is partly because of what you pointed out, if I've already trained myself to use people for my gain and treat them as objects, and then I'm being told by my therapist that I need to go to a 12 step meeting or get a sponsor or join a group or build a team in some way. I'm already by default looking at these other potential relationships from the lens of typically it's 
how are they going to help me stay sober? Mm-hmm. And then the therapist is going to preach and say, okay, you guys, you need to make a phone call every single day or every single week. And, but then the only thing that's consisting of the phone call is, Hey, I'm triggered today. And you wait for the other guy to like talk you off the ledge. Right. Or, Hey, I'm, I'm I think I'm going to act out today. So I'm calling because I'll be in trouble in group if I don't call right now. Right. Like, and that's maybe where it starts, but if the end goal is just to only make phone calls for that purpose of staying sober or managing a trigger or, or something else, there's a couple of problems with that perspective. One is, is that it's not, it's not sustainable. Number one, because you're just going to eventually burn people out of being that place for you because there's not more to the relationship than it would be. And it's counterintuitive because if if I don't have a relationship with somebody that's actually a relationship with them, what incentive do I have to actually call them and get help from them? Mm-hmm. Right. And so right. it has it has to start to work in a different place. And that's we we talk a little bit about, and I know we mentioned this in other in episodes, but I, I look at it like I call it the relationship funnel. And it starts with there's at any given moment, you and I, Ben, have literally probably hundreds, if not thousands of people at our disposal right now or at our fingertips of potential relationships that we could be creating, right? And then down below that, we have the next level, which is some of those people we see on a regular basis and maybe we're acquaintances or we know who they are, we know of them, but we don't really invest a lot of our time and energy there. And then we have a lower level, which is the people that we interact with more often, more frequently, you could call them friends, And then we have what I call your best friends. And then we have your inner circle, right? And your inner circle is kind of that place where there's, there's no limits to what you can talk about, what you can share, how you can, how you can be with one another. And I think too often in recovery work, what ends up happening, and I, I, maybe this is what your question is, and maybe we're getting to your question here is you come in you finally learn some of the things you're talking about. Oh, these guys are awesome guys. Like in my group, let's say, I even have two or three guys that I can consider almost best friends now. And out of those two or three, I probably put them in a little bit of a hierarchy, but any of those three guys I would put in my inner circle. And then it works really well for a while. You got support, you get to be their support. You do things together. You start to develop relationship outside a group. You go to dinner with each other. You know, a lot of my guys now they go on hikes with each other. They go to sporting events together. They they become friends, like really good friends, right? And it works. And they now all of a sudden they're sober. They've got a higher quality of life. They've got support. They've got accountability. They got connection. They're invested in these relationships. And what I see happen is they then get done with say the group that brought them together, and they don't keep cultivating other relationships down the funnel. And eventually one or two of the guys that they were best friends with moves, or they take a different job somewhere, or maybe there's a disagreement that happens and there's some disconnection. And because the rest of the funnel hasn't been developed, they're left back in that empty space again. And then it puts them at risk of number one, just a lower quality of life, but number two, slipping back into the old patterns of coping because they don't have that support team anymore that's been there. Um, does that make sense to you, Ben? It, it does. And uh, I, I agree wholeheartedly. That's um, that's one of the, the things that, that I've noticed is that I have 
um, a couple of people here locally that I'm I'm pretty close with and don't necessarily hang out with. Um, and, um, and I'm super close with the guys from, from rising suns. And truthfully, there are a lot of times that, that I'm jealous because many of them live a lot closer to each other than, than I do. And, and they're able to get together and, and do different things. And, uh, you know, I, I enjoy hearing about that because I, I'm invested in, in their joy and happiness and it helps me to feel happy seeing them and, and connecting with them and being able to to establish and maintain connections with, with people here, um, you know, that are, that I can interact with more face to face is, has been a difficult thing for, for me to, to cultivate and, and develop. Yeah. Right. And, and it, it can feel a little bit discouraging because it takes so much effort, you know, mm-hmm. and, and once you finally find a few of those people, there's a tendency in all of us to go almost like, Oh, I don't have to put in that effort anymore because I've got a few things right now. But if mm-hmm. we're not still, if we haven't signed up for the pursuit of that connection as part of my lifelong journey, that's when we then start to run the risk. And that complacency can lead us back to a spot that we had just worked really hard to climb out of. And and so it can feel discouraging. And yet the more we can accept that it's the way that it is that you'll be cultivating that funnel long after we ever talk to you again. Ben, mm-hmm. like your life is going to be the cultivation of that funnel for as long as you're alive and you will have good relationships that do stick around and you'll have more that grow into it as well. Um, but it's hard to accept that, that that's part of the work too. Um, mm-hmm. You also said something that I think is, you know, interesting. And I know that some of the guys listening right now are probably going like, Oh, I love Ben, but yeah, I don't get to see him much. And there's like a core group of guys that sort of live close to proximity to each other it's interesting from your perspective that you're grateful that you get to see their connection and it helps you in some ways, but I can't imagine that it also doesn't leave that little tinge of like, dang, I wish, I wish I had that too, a little bit more. It it certainly does. And, um, and I know that in the past that has been a, a reason to drive a wedge in, in relationships. And, um, and I, I know that, that many of the guys listen to these podcasts and they'll listen to this too. And I don't want any of them to, to feel bad. Like I want them to community connect. And I, I genuinely enjoy hearing about their experiences and, and when they run into each other, there are a couple of them, they're in groups together too. And, and I, I, I do feel a little bit of jealousy and that's okay. Um, because they, they're people that I admire and, and that I have a deep love and respect for. And, you know, being able to interact with, with those people is, is such, such a fulfilling experience. Yeah. And I I like, I love your perspective on that because you can hold in balance the excitement that there's that connection happening for other guys that you love and that you still love them and would connect with them in a heartbeat if you were around. And yet to acknowledge that there's that little tinge inside of you, because that tinge inside of you, it, it could either turn your heart to being bitter and disconnecting or whatever, or it can be an almost like an awareness thing for you to say, Oh, there's a need there though. Still mm-hmm. like I do have that. And I don't have maybe locally the same group of guys that I, I haven't quite cultivated that yet. And so that's a whole, that's, that's something that is still maybe missing from, from my, from my overall recovery plan, so to speak. And it's like, okay, if I use it that way, it it doesn't feel good, but it also is an indicator that there's still something else to be done there to help kind of 
fill in some of those gaps that are still there a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, right. Yeah. Yeah, and I I really like the analogy of the the funnel, you know, um, because uh, I I recognize that, and I and as I've been kind of thinking about this over the last <clears throat> couple of weeks, and as as I reflect, there are there are a lot of different experiences that that are definitely kind of the the top end of the funnel, and it's <clears throat> better understanding how to how to move to the to the next stage of the funnel. Yeah, let's. Let's talk about that a little bit, Ben. What are some of the things that maybe help people? And this, the funnel works two ways, right? There's certain people that are maybe down at the lower levels that actually aren't trustworthy enough or like committed enough. And they they demand my time and my attention, but they're not really the right kinds of people to have. And I, I kind of need to move them to different layers of the funnel upward as mm-hmm. I'm bringing in other people downward. And, and that's going to be a constant sort of movement and flow, right? Right. Um, and so on on one hand, I actually, one thing that I can do right off the bat, if I'm looking at my funnel is, is I can say, all right, who are the people that are actually demanding a lot of my time and my attention right now that aren't, act, that I'm not, not actually connecting to a lot. And I actually probably need to set some different boundaries in those relationships. And then in doing so, I create even more space now to look at the other inflow of the funnel and say, okay, now how do I move somebody from that top part? Like from, let's say from society and acquaintance down into friendship, how do I, how do I move somebody or potentially allow somebody to move down the funnel? How do I cultivate that relationship? That's the question I hear you asking. Yes. Yeah. Right. And, and I would, I would there's a few things in my mind, like principally speaking that I want to speak, but I want to actually just ask you about your experience with the rising sun conference, because how many people did you know when you came to the conference? I didn't know anybody there. You didn't know a single person there Mm -mm. and you spent a Thursday night into a Sunday morning at that conference. And now you're saying that there are actually guys that are closer to you than many other people in your life that you still maintain contact with the better part of a year later. Mm-hmm. Why, what happened? How did they move from, cause that's an example of, I don't even know you to you're now probably down in the, in the lower parts of my funnel somewhere for some of those guys. What right. happened? Um, in part it's shared experience you know, the shared experience of, of the rising suns um, formed the foundation for the relationship. And then after that, it was continued connection. Um, you know, like I said, we initially stayed pretty well connected on group me and then someone suggested Marco Polo. And it just, once we got onto Marco Polo, I feel that the, that the connection and the, um, I guess togetherness. Um, I'm trying to think of a, a of a term because, like, I even though we're you know hundreds of miles apart from each other, um, would would intimacy be a decent word even for a group of men? I yes, yes, particularly with the with using the definition of vulnerability and authenticity leads to intimacy. Definitely, um, it is a definitely an intimate relationship that I have with these men and. I think that um, having that shared experience initially was it was a foundation, and there have been there have been a few times when people have have suggested, "Hey, you know, I've got this guy that 
I would I really connect with and and wanted to and asked to invite them into the main group and kind of the general group's consensus was some concern because they didn't have that that same foundation uh, of connectedness and some people felt uncomfortable with it and that's and that's okay that's that's the cool thing about about this group is that you know everybody can show up they can be who they are and you know sometimes people get called out about different things and everybody's like okay wow i didn't realize i was doing that how how can i how can i be better as opposed to getting offended and being like well i didn't mean it to to sound that way and you know kind of spinning off yeah okay good so so again, you identified one thing really prominently, but you also spoke a couple of other things that I want to tease out and point this out for those listening saying, okay, how do I develop that funnel then? One is, is that you had shared experience and that's always one of the top things for relationship to, to deepen intimacy inside of a relationship, shared experiences together is a great tool for that. And one of the reasons why is because Number one, when we have that experience with one another, we have we begin to actually create some type of a shared history. And so we already feel some affinity for the person because we've been through something with them. Right. Mm -hmm. But then we also have something, it, it, it adds one more layer of something for us to share and talk about in future encounters, too. Right. Where, where you can now go and, and, you know, it's like, oh, dude, you remember that thing that happened on, you know, Saturday morning at the Rising Suns? Like, yeah, man. That, oh, yeah. And now all of a sudden, even in this moment, you're still talking about it and sharing it again, over and over again. And it, and it actually, it, it builds that intimacy too. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. So, so that intentional shared experience is a very valuable thing for helping to cultivate that funnel of connection. But you also identified a couple of other things here too, Ben. One is after the initial experience, you have had to take the initiative to be involved. There, there, there's, ha there's been intentional action on your part to cultivate the relationship by signing up for the, the WhatsApp and then going to Marco Polo and then not just listening to Marco Polo, but being invested in, in being like engaged inside of those relationships. And I think engagement and intention make a really big difference when it comes to cultivating relationship, right? This is, this is something I'm not very good at with my own relationships where I have lots of people who I would call my best friends, but I rarely reach out because I'm always so stuck in my workaholism or busyness that, you know, I could call any one of them and they'd be like, yeah, Tyler, let's hang out like right now, but I rarely do it. And because of that, I often miss out on even deeper connections than I could if I was just a little bit more intentional with the things that I do. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So, so there's another so there's another principle here too and you didn't speak this but i wonder if the shared experience that you had wasn't just your average shared experience either there was a lot of an emotional charge to it right you went right. through you went through a series of different emotional things some of them were challenges and struggles which i think forge relationships together in deep deep ways if we let them so mm -hmm. struggle struggle is another principle but then there was also, and this is the part that I think you're speaking, is the relationships you've now cultivated are, are so safe that you can you can have another man respond to something you're doing and say, hey, dude, like that seems to be a little off right now. How's it serving you? And instead of getting defensive and going, 
oh man, that guy doesn't care about me and he hates my guts. You go, oh, I didn't realize I was coming across that way. Let me look at that. Like, mm -hmm. There's enough safety in the relationship now because you guys have developed empathy and an expressed love for one another that allows for that accountability to be present too. Mm -hmm. So right. I'm, I'm putting a lot of words in your mouth. Would you disagree with any of those or add anything, Ben? I 100% I agree with all of those. And, and I think one of uh, an example that, that reflects how, you know, those principles is that there's, there's one member of the group um, that hadn't been very active and um you know over the last couple of weeks has become a, a lot more active and there wasn't any any question you know where you been you know why are you showing up now it was hey dude we're so happy to see you it's so great to see your face again you know please share your struggles what's going on and um and i and i think that that really underscores those principles that, that you're talking about, about having that shared experience and having that deep emotional connection and then being able to have the safety of, of that relationship. There were, there have been many times over, um, over the past few months where I've had, I've had some pretty big questions in, in my mind come up and I, I've been able to bring them to the group, not, not with the intention of them making the decision for me, with the in, with the intention of coming to the group because I trust them and I value their opinions and I need something outside of me to make a a very heavy important decision. Yeah, which which underscores one other thing, one other principle here, which is the humility because you feel now feel the safety to seek help. Mm -hmm. And and that's another principle of building connection with people. And this is a backwards one sometimes, but. If we're always the only one that's doing the service, that's one way of connecting with people. Mm -hmm. But but allowing other people to be the service to us is also a way to allow connection and for that funnel to develop in some ways. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, in fact, in fact, sometimes being the person to receive the gift that's offered us in the form of whatever it is, advice or time or energy as long as we don't get sucked into our own shame, the other person leaves going like, Oh man, I love that person so much mm -hmm. more. Right. And for you to seek that right. and be open to that is, is a sign of kind of the work that you've done too, because, because any person who's got an addiction is used to being an Island. They, right. they don't want to seek help. They don't want to let anybody see their weaknesses or their vulnerabilities. And so it's kind of a testament to the work that you've done on yourself that you mm -hmm. now have spaces in your life where you allow yourself to be vulnerable enough to be seen in those ways and to be supported in those ways. 100%. And I, um, I, I remember specifically an instance where I had um, a pretty big decision um, related to, to my employment that, that I was working through. And um, I remember sitting there thinking about it and just kind of wrestling with myself about it and, and wrestling with my higher power and, and trying to decide you know, what it is. And, um, I had this realization come over me and it literally brought me to tears. Um, because I realized I, I don't have to make this decision on my own. I have a trusted group of people that I can bring this decision to, and I can listen to their, to their thoughts and their opinions. And, and it was, it, it was such a peaceful connecting experience. That's awesome. I, what a, what a great, 
example of what you're describing there and and the fact that you could emotionally recognize how important it was to have that and go oh i'm not on my own anymore like mm -hmm. oh i'm not out in that desolate isolated wilderness by myself anymore and it feels so good to have that um so in the few minutes that we have left i want to come back to like your real life now ben because your right. question was your question is okay so i asked about the the rising sun retreat because i know you experienced some deep connection and you put a bunch of total strangers all the way through the funnel and we've teased out now these principles so we have going through struggle together we have shared experience we have intentional cultivation of the relationship we have the willingness to serve the willingness to be served is there anything else that needs to be added to that list i i think that's a that's a really good list and i think i if i had to add one more principle i, I think it would be courage um, because it's it's difficult to put yourself out there. It's yeah. it's difficult to put yourself out there and recognize that you're being vulnerable. And so, I think having having the courage to take that next step. And for me, the courage comes from knowing myself and and knowing the principle that simply because I exist, I am enough for whatever experience that, that I that I have. I am enough to handle the positive. I am enough to handle the negative. I'm enough to handle the, the neutral. And I still need that courage to step forward and and move that relationship to the to the next level of the funnel. I, I love the idea of courage and I would go a step further than that, Ben, with what you're saying you're going to need to step into courage over and over and over and over again, right? You know, for, for those of our listeners, maybe you're going to a 12 step meeting right now and you're hearing this and maybe you're hearing, Oh man, I need to not only go to 12 step, but I need to be curious about the lives of a couple of these guys. And I need to need to maybe take, have the courage to invite a couple of them to, you know, go out to dinner afterwards and get to know them a little bit. And maybe I do that. And and it doesn't plan out and none of those people move down my funnel. And then I'm like, Oh, I tried it. That's courage. It's like, Nope. Next week I'm inviting three new dudes, you know, mm -hmm. and, and the week after that, I'm inviting three more guys and, and, and the courage it needs to be rinsed and repeated over and over again. I'll, I'll give you an example of kind of how this played out for Rhiannon and I early in our marriage. We, <laughs> we went to, we went to church one Sunday and the, the leader of our church got up and said, you know, we felt pretty disconnected. And part of it's because we weren't going all the time. And we weren't fully engaged. And the leader of our church said to us, said, hey, I get a lot of complaints that that this congregation isn't very friendly and that nobody really is very inclusive here. And he said, I just want you to know that if you're one of those people that's making that complaint, you're part of the problem. And and you would have a lot happier life if you took the initiative to build connection instead of waiting for everybody to bring you connection. And so I went home from church, like all justified in my mind, like, oh, good. I don't have to go anymore. That guy's a jerk. Like, you know, he offended me, you know, and my, my wife's like, what do you think about what he said? And I, I kind of started on that. She's like, actually, he's totally right, Tyler. Like he's, he's hundred percent right. And she said, here's what I propose. She said, every single Sunday, we're going to invite anywhere from two to four couples over to our house for dessert. And we're going to play games. And I was like, oh, shoot me in the head. Like, that's the last thing I want to do. Mind you, this was deep in the thick of my own addiction at the time, too. She didn't even know D-Day hadn't happened yet. And um, 
And she said, let's do that. And I was like, oh, I was Mr. Nice Guy. So I was like, okay, that's okay, fine. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. You know, but I didn't want to. And every single week we had new people over in our home. And most of the time, the people that we invited over really hit it off with each other and they became better friends, but we didn't connect with them. (laughs) (laughs) So it was like, okay, well, we are the matchmakers now. We're making everybody else have better friendships. But eventually we had a couple here that I would never, ever in my life have chosen to hang out with. And we hit something off and there was a a small connection. And then we did something else with them. And then they became really good friends of ours. And then there was another couple that did the same thing. And by the time we finished being in graduate school, we had what I called the friendliest congregation in the whole church. And we had a group of five or six couples that we were deeply connected to. And they were also deeply connected to other people that we weren't. And, Mm -hmm. and it just worked that way when there was those principles we talked about being put in place, the intention, the, the re-rinse of the courage. I remember after the first couple of weeks, like Rhiannon, are we still going to do this? Like, you know, like this is a pain, you know, everyone else is making friends, but we're not. And she's like, let's just stick with it. We stuck with it, stuck with it. And eventually it really paid off. And, and so to your point, all the way back around to your point, courage over and over again with the willingness to let go of the things that don't fit but the choice to re-engage for the sake of our good health. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. And I, I think there are a couple of principles in, in there um, that, that I would also like to, to emphasize. Um, one is uh, as an addict, and I'm sure this is true for most, if not all addicts, my personal health was backburnered 100%. Like I, I really didn't take care of myself, mental, physical, emotional, like none of that. And being able to move that to the forefront um, is telling is a way of telling myself that I have value. Uh, and analogy that I heard um, on a podcast uh, one time was that um, they they said that they they don't wash a rental car, they wash their own car at least once a week and vacuum it out and all that because it has value to them. And by by um, you know prioritizing our own health, that's telling ourselves over and over again that we have value. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the other principle is acceptance. Acceptance that this relationship didn't work out, and I can still take that next step to try another relationship. And accepting that that relationship may or may not work out. And and like you're saying, rinse and repeat with that the courage and the acceptance. Beautiful. Sifting through the funnel, right? So yeah, it's right. really good, Ben. Thanks for, thanks for pointing that out. Um, we're just, to, we're getting close to the edge of our time here. Ben, is there anything else on your mind, questions or thoughts based off of what we've been talking about today? Um, for me, at least, I, I feel that we've, we've really covered this, this topic really well. And I don't have any um, any points related to that? One one thing that I wanted to bring up with you is um, is I, I you know as as you well know it's time for sign up for Rising Suns again and um, I I truthfully am hesitant to sign up again um, for a couple of reasons. One is um, is I don't think that I can repeat the success that I had in making the, the, the relationships that I, that I have. And I don't think I have the energy to, to be connect, <laughs> that deeply connected with another <laughs> serious 
group of, of people. Um, I, uh, but I, you know, I think that's a, that that's a really good concern to have because it was, it was the perfect experience for me that I needed at that time and that I still need in, in my life. Um, and I, I wonder, I know that you and Brandon have talked a lot about how much you enjoy the retreats and how fulfilling they are. And I recognize that there are a lot of work behind the scenes. I'm wondering if you guys have thought about having like a next level rising suns, like you've already been to one rising suns. Now let's take it one step deeper. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it's, it's funny that you would ask that because it actually is something that's been discussed that, you know, we're, we're only a couple of years into having done this kind of a program, mm -hmm. but because for us, it's been so successful in terms of the feedback we get from guys like you, it's like, what would an advanced look like? You know, what would, would it be, would it be another advanced men's retreat with a different set of content or would it look like would it also maybe in conjunction with a marriage retreat where if both people went to like the, the women's and the men's retreats and then ended up culminating in their marriage. So we're actually brainstorming ideas, but we don't have any, any fleshed out yet, but it's definitely something that's being thought about and talked about right now. Um, because, because of what you just described now, kind of back to what you were bringing up here, there's a couple of things that I also just want to mention is you're understanding this and you spoke this, every one of us has a certain level of bandwidth, right? Mm -hmm. And I was, you know, I was reading a book uh, called The Power of Moments. And they talk, the book is specifically all about like what makes a impactful, pivotal moment for people as opposed to like a long drawn out process. And, and one of the things that they said in the book that the research is actually showing is that we do really well when we're connected in teams up to a, of about 40. But mm -hmm. if we if we max ourselves above 40 or so, then we almost get so overloaded that we get a, so we start to get some diminishing returns. And so for you to to actually have intuitively built into you, man, I I would love to do another retreat, but I don't, number one, know if I have the energy. And number two, I don't know if I can manage all those relationships. In some ways that, that might actually be true, like just at a human level. Um, mm -hmm. So the other thing about coming again, and, and this is what's cool is you could contact a few of the guys that came to it last time that had been before and ask them what their experience was with it. Um, because I know that the guys who have done it twice now had definitely different experiences, even though the content that they did was similar. Right. So, right. And, and, um, that has come up, uh, um, because we, we've talked in, in, in the, um, in our Marco Polo about, Hey, you know, it's coming up. Do we want to do it? And, and some guys were like, yeah, I that had been to it a couple of times. And they said that this most recent time was, was so much more connecting for them. Like they, they said that with the, the other time that they had gone, <clears throat> there wasn't this long-term connection with, with the people that we're experiencing here. And, um, they, and many, many have said, I, I, I'm not sure I, I want to go. And I, I know that there are a couple of guys that have, um, that are going with a couple of their friends too, mm -hmm. um, and going this year and, and building that connection and, and, and helping out. So <clears throat> I think recognizing that everybody's experiences is different 
and understanding yourself well enough to know where you're at in in that experience. I think that's, uh, I I like where you're going with that, Ben, because that's, I think the exact answer I would give is, you know, I could talk to somebody from the first year that we did it and they go, Oh man, I'm still connected with all a lot of those guys. And other guys are going, Oh man, I've, I've been twice and I actually felt more connected here than there whatever. Everyone's going to have a little bit different experience. You need to know yourself. You need to know what your needs are. You need to know what your bandwidth level is. And I'd mean that not just financially, but especially emotionally. Right. And, uh, and then you also need to know kind of what your needs, like, if I, if I'm needing to cultivate my heart differently, if I'm needing to build a team, maybe it's not through the rising sun group, but maybe locally, I, I need to go throw myself back into, you know, being proactive in my 12 step or therapy groups or at going to church and looking for a few guys that I'm like, man, I, I got to build some, I, I need to get to know that guy a little differently or going to the gym and actually joining a class or something. Right. So, um, but it's that proactive effort somewhere according to the level of energy that I have and balancing those two things together that I think is a really important thing. So anyway, Ben, thank you, man, for coming on. It's so good to see your face again. Every time I see your face or anybody else that I've seen at those conferences, it just brings back a flood of all the emotions I've experienced. And so I'm grateful to see you. I'm glad to hear you're doing well with yourself, even though it sounds like you've had some continued challenges and appreciate your willingness to come on and share yourself the way you did today. Thanks, Tyler. I really appreciate this opportunity. And, um, you know, truthfully, I could, I could probably talk to you for hours. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I do feel a, a strong connection with you and I, I really appreciate what you and Brandon are doing and putting yourselves out there with the podcast and such great content and, and, and it's free, you know, it's, it's definitely more value of more value than what you guys charge for it. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it, Ben. And it's good to see you. Um, For those of you guys listening, uh, if this rings a bell for you, or if it rings a bell for somebody that you know, please, the way that the way that we're able to help more people is through you guys being able to share it and give us feedback on what you need from us. So shoot us some feedback or share the episodes and you guys, you guys have a great week.